0: Let's be honest, last week's episode of NXT nearly did my nut in. So, how do they follow up on that? How do they follow up on that? Especially when next week AEW presents Lame of Thrones. They, uh, they just keep kicking ass. Let's talk about it. what's going on everybody it's your buddy to pass phoenix the ywc reality check here with your november 25th nxt review and yes to my american friends happy thanksgiving week weekend black friday whatever you want to say oh i probably shouldn't say black friday that'll probably eventually get me cancelled but to all of you that are celebrating this week this weekend etc 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 as well as we can in the current global bastard i wish you uh I wish you all the celebrations you can possibly have, as many as I had back in the Canadian Thanksgiving, I mean, the proper Thanksgiving, but that's, it is what it is. Before, before I get into the typical house cleaning, I want to send a quick, or not not send a quick shout out, but I want to give you guys a quick recommendation. I don't always listen to the Lillian Garcia Chasing Glory podcast, but I did, I did listen to it today because they did, she was interviewing Shotzi Blackheart, and you guys know I love Shotzi Blackheart. I love Shotzi Blackheart since she came and performed here at Destiny. Yes, check that off your Spaz Phoenix bucket list. Um, I already thought she was great. I had heard bits and pieces that she had had a bit of a rough life. Uh, I had no idea. I really do suggest you guys go and uh, and check it out. Uh, I'm not making any jokes here. I'm not making anything... Uh, it is what it is and you know, everybody you know, supports who they support, but it is a really good interview. Uh, as I say, Lillian Garcia is not my favorite podcaster, I'm not going to lie. Great announcer, great singer. Uh, podcast is, is a little eh for me. This one was really good. A uh, lot, lot of good insight on Shotzi, and if you're anything like me, and you lo- love what she's doing in NXT, or you've seen her anywhere else, and you love what she's done anywhere else, I really do suggest it. It is, it's, it's a hell of a listen. Uh, I'll say that. Um, as far as house cleaning goes, uh, like I said, American holiday this week. Uh, I didn't take that into consideration when I had planned to do part two of the NXT Women's Division breakdown with Jake DeMarco. So we are going on pause this week a little bit. Uh, there won't be anything going up this Friday because I didn't have anything else planned. Uh, quite frankly, I I'm going to be hitting up Guapo to do some stuff as well. But again, the same uh, the same issue applies. I'm the only uh, yeah. Every single person who has co-hosted with me on this channel, with the exception of James, shout out to James, what's up, buddy, uh, is American. So I would I would always be I would always be slave to the American holidays, wouldn't I? Um, once again, to all my amazing co-hosts, I hope you guys are having an amazing holiday as well, you know, as much as we can in the current Global Bastard. Um, so there won't be anything this coming Friday. What there was two days ago, though, is the finally the chapter two of the Joker trilogy that Kristen and I are doing on the in the FlixFix series. It is long. We did spend a lot of time... It's a long podcast talking about a long movie, and I don't think, uh, I don't think we came out of it particularly positive, not because it's a bad movie, but because the things that happen in the movie aren't positive, what it says about society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is quite long. It is over two hours. Uh, for those of you that did come and hang out with us live on the chat, cool. Thank you very much. For those of you that went back and saw the replay or checked it out, uh, in podcast form, thank you for that, we will be doing the, uh, the other eventually, I am kicking around, as I said last week, the idea of reviewing, uh, WandaVision, uh, on Disney Plus when it comes around in, uh, in January, like I said last week, I do encourage you guys to go check out our, uh, our friend, OKFabe, who is currently reviewing The Mandalorian, uh, you guys know, I like Star Wars, I like Marvel better, if I'm gonna do something, it's gonna be WandaVision, um, so yeah, so no, no me and Jake, no me and and Guapo, uh, this week. So Friday after SmackDown, you're free. You can do whatever you like, which you probably do. Anyways, moving on. Uh, obviously, next Thursday, uh, going out next Friday will be myself and Jake DeMarco previewing NXT Takeover War Games, and that's going to be a hell of a show. Um, I am. I took the shot at the beginning at AEW because it's right there and it's so goddamn easy. I am intrigued by uh, by their what is I keep on calling it Lame of Thrones," so I forget what the actual name of it is. Is, is it like uh, the Coming Winter or some shit like that. I am intrigued by some stuff on that show. Uh, I will give it a look if I end up doing any kind of content on it. It will be a couple days after after the event because obviously I do NXT. You guys know the you guys know the drill. I watch NXT. I record this and literally while I'm editing this, while I was editing this video you're watching or this podcast you're listening to right now, guarantee I had AEW on in the background while I was doing it. Um but I but I can't take the piss too much. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley is, is gonna be is gonna be good. Some of the other stuff, I mean, Cody's gonna fight Shaq, isn't he? And that weird man chick is gonna get involved somehow and Randy Rhodes is gonna show what a ring rat she is, and that's gonna be that. So, with that statement right there that's gonna make me super popular let's slip into the socials for a second go follow me on twitter at spaz phoenix and at spaz phoenix one go find me on instagram at spaz phoenix go to facebook look up the spaz phoenix podcast facebook group if you're watching me right now with the pretty sexy face and the gimmick hat you want to find me in an audio form go to spotify itunes stitcher etc 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 look for spaz phoenix podcast if you are listening to me right now and you don't see the pretty sexy face and you don't see the gimmick hat go to youtube search spaz phoenix it really is that easy. I am on this channel as I've been grilling for a couple of months now, getting ever closer to the small, simple goal that I have left for myself of reaching uh, 1,100 subs by December. It would be a nice Christmas present for me. It would be a nice birthday present for me, which is three days before Christmas, if you're wondering. Uh, It would be an okay, uh, cheer me up type thing to end off this shitty, shitty year we are having. Uh, But yeah, 1100, uh, I think I'm about 30 away right now, so if that happens, that'd be cool, if not, it is what it is, we'll, we'll rock into the new year, and that'll be that, going into this week's show, now that I've rambled for nearly seven minutes, look at the timer, look at the timer on your YouTube, look at the timer on whatever podcast platform, I've already been rambling for seven minutes, and we haven't even gotten into the show yet, this week was pretty cool, Kevin Owens on commentary, because, uh, Wade Barrett wasn't there, and that added to the show in more ways than one. As we'll get to, we got a recap of last week. Finn Balor coming out to make his announcement, being interrupted by the Undisputed Era, who were interrupted by the Kings of NXT, and, uh, the announce. I love the fact that William Regal's literal announcement of any war games has become its own thing. If I think about it, I'm probably gonna grab that sound clip and make it the intro when, uh, when Jake and I talk about the pay-per-view, um... It's it's weird though because you get the, you get the the conversation online about you know you want to be surprised versus you want to be predictable this that and the next thing this is predictable because we saw it building but like when you see something building and they're telling a story don't you want to see that pay off uh, Jake and I in one of our one of our videos, I don't remember which one it was, it may have been, it may have been the preview for Halloween Havoc, uh, we had a conversation about, like, how much do you really want to know going into a show, and I mean, a weekly show, not a, not a pay-per-view, obviously, and, um, People these days, because there are people like me, people in the podcast community, people in the YouTube community, people on the Dirt Sheet community, and they want to know everything that's going to happen because they're doing content on it. Now, I, t- I try to take my mind out of, out of that so much and uh, think if I was just, if I wasn't doing this, if I wasn't looking at you guys in the camera right now, if I wasn't talking into your ear holes in a podcast, would I want to know what's going on in the show? Honestly, maybe give me one match. Maybe give me one match or or a little bit of a story thing, but I don't want to know everything that's happening on the show. The and this isn't a dig. Everybody likes things their own way, and some some people like the the uh, the uh, the knowledge of what's coming their way. I don't really like the way that Dynamite uh, towards the end of their show they give you a flashcard, a flashcard, a flashcard, a flashcard. Here's everything that's gonna happen next week. I would love a couple surprises, and I tell you. We had a couple surprises on this show tonight that we're going to talk about. We started off hot with Candice LeRae, obviously Indy Hartwell, in her corner taking on Ember Moon. Cheap shot from Ember Moon to Indy to start the match just to set the pace. Moon uh, pins LeRae to the ropes and LeRae hides in the ropes because that's what you do, ride out the rules, etc. She does a little bit of a cat and mouse thing uh, in the ropes to start off the match. Dropkick by... sorry, my writing sucks. Already, early, early, early in the episode, we're already talking about how much my writing sucks. Moon drop kicks Laray into Indy. Uh, second drop kick by Moon. Wheelbarrow facebuster on the desk on the outside. Deep followaway slam by Moon. Laray tries to leave. She goes up the rampway. Moon grabs her as she reaches the stage and boots her all the way back down to the ring. Boots by Laray. Laray works the back. Both trade some body shots. There's a neck vice by Laray and a long pinning reversal sequence to follow. Uh, spin kick by Moon. A running forearm by Laray. Back elbows by Moon and a hair takedown by Larray, which was really nice. Cradle suplex by Moon, and it was sort of like a trap cradle, and it was it was it looked. I mean, everything in wrestling looks like it hurts. Don't get me wrong, but this looks like it. It almost had a, a muscle buster feel to it. it, and she didn't take her off the top rope or anything like that. But other than that, the way she trapped her, the way she cradled her tight into the suplex, it had echoes of the muscle buster. I'll say that much. Kai and Gonzalez show up on the ramp. The four heels sort of rally together outside the ring as we go into the commercial break. As we come back from the commercial break, there's a rear naked choke by Lara a head scissor into the Gargano. Now, now the Tilted a whirl head scissor into the Gargano escape is a nice little sequence there, isn't it? LeRae turns it into a backpack sleeper, uh, backdrop by Moon, a series of kicks by Moon, ends in an insiguri. The heels distract uh, Indy Hartwell gets in the ring, and she eats the eclipse, she takes the bullet for her new mentor, but, hey, what does that do, it also acts as a distraction, super kick, wicked stepsister, and the win for Larray, now, the four heels, now, this is, you you just, it's so good, it's nice when a plan comes together, isn't that the expression, the four heels, you got Candice Larray, Indy Hartwell, uh, you got Dakota Kai, and you got Raquel Gonzalez out there, and they all, all four of them just chuck Ember Moon out of the ring, and then Tony uh, tony Storm comes out to join Ember Moon, and you figure they were partners, they they've helped each other, they've had similar problems with similar people and all that sort of thing, Tony joins her, they're gonna go back into the thing, they're gonna, you know, once more into the breach, two on four, who cares, let's, get him, except Tony Storm turns on Ember Moon and chucks her into the steps and feeds her to the heels to a four-on-one beatdown. <laughs> now, this is... I, I didn't expect this. I'm not going to lie. Um, they had to do something because Tony Storm... I love Tony Storm. You guys, you guys know this. I sort of mutually fell in love with Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm at the same time in the Mae Young Classic and then watching them grow and have their rivalry on NXT UK. The problem was they brought over Rhea Ripley first and she got fucking over once she came over to the States. And she was so over that Tony Storm coming over to challenge her was going to be received badly, even though I think she was supposed to be the good guy at the time. I wasn't expecting this. This was really good. I said... Last week, how many times last week did I say Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart? There's your superstar team. I was comparing it to the uh, DX Hardy CM Punk Survivor Series team, wasn't I? But that's not going to happen now because we've had this little wrinkle in the plan. Also, Indy Hartwell took the Eclipse like a fucking boss. And also, also, I don't care how bad this makes me sound. I would shag every single bit of Ember Moon. Would I not? Oh, yes. In the back we see Undisputed Era showing up to DCWC. We get a a promo in the back, pre-taped promo by Legato Del Fantasma. Nothing really new. They just um, go through their plans once again, and it's all very hoity-toity. It's all very gangster in, in... not with, with with an R, not with an A, if you get my idea. Um, you know, they're all sitting back in their nice clothes and they're having their scotch and their toast toasting the title and all that sort of thing. They talked about recreating Lucha Libre in their image. They talked about uh, recreating the Cruiserweight division in their image, how they've helped 205 Live, how they finally got the Cruiserweight title on a takeover, which is something Jake and I were saying forever in our previews, which is awesome. I'm glad that they realized that. Um, the fact that they've taken out Atlas, they've taken out Adonis, nobody's seen Swerve in a while, and there's this new guy, and I must have missed this? Somebody put it down in the box below, because I don't know who this is. Somebody by the name of Kurt Stallion It wants to challenge Legato, apparently. Um, basically, they say, you know, when we say something's gonna get done, it gets done. And it's nice and simple, and they weren't calling anybody out, it wasn't leading to anything else, it was just, you know, this heel faction, who are finding a lot of success right now, talking some shit. Oh, yes. Undisputed Eric come out. Basically, after, on the heels of their return last week. Basically, Adam Cole grabbing the microphone and saying, do we look dead to you? They said they killed us. They've been saying for weeks that they killed us. Do we look dead to you? How many people say this? How many people have tried to take us out? How many people said they did take us out? How many people say that? Oh, undisputed era is gone, and now now it's our show. You gave us a bit of our own medicine. That's great. Pat's not even here tonight because he's a coward. There's a you know we're all going to get together in a couple weeks and we're all going to be in war games. It's the match that the undisputed era made famous. I love, I love that even though the transition from heel to face ha- has occurred, we're still in the narrative that. War Games is Undisputed Era's match, because they've been in every single one. I don't think... Did they win one? I don't remember. This is going to be where they win one, I'm sure. It was lots of fun to beat up on Pat and his goons last week, and tonight there's a ladder match to um, establish the the War Games advantage. Uh, right in the middle of his promo, Kyle steps up and he says, like, Look, after... Because they had already named Pete Dunne as the representative on the other side. Kyle steps up and he basically says, you know, after what happened a couple weeks ago, I I need to do this. You guys need to let me get in there and kick the shit out of Pete Dunne. Um, Adam just throws him all kinds of support, just like he did around his, his title shot, and immediately gets a little bit more serious and starts hyping up this new, better, you know, new and improved, angry Kyle O'Reilly, you know, it's it's different now. Undisputed era. We fought for titles before. We fought for bragging rights before. Now we're gonna fight at war games to prove who we are. And I think that's fucking wonderful. Larey in the back introduces her team, and this is where this is where the turning of the screw happens. This is where the story gets more and more interesting. Or so I thought. It's not as exciting as I thought it was. But we're gonna go there. Uh, she introduces her team. Her team is herself, uh, Kai, and Gonzalez. Tony Storm, there's your four, which leaves out Indy Hartwell, and Indy Hartwell's not even there for the uh, interview, and at the time, you don't even really know why, but um, it is an interesting story, because you figured it was going to be those two pairings, it was going to be Kai and Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell, now, whether this is because Indy Hartwell, like, joined NXT five minutes ago, I don't know, uh, is it because Tony Storm's a bigger star than Indy Hartwell? With all due respect to Indy Hartwell, probably, and probably, and couple that with what I said before, where Tony Storm really needs to do something different with her character if she's if she wants to uh, reach some success. Because as I say, I like her. It's not it's not hitting for for whatever reason. Uh, anyways, we're gonna get more into that story as we go along. Thatcher versus Kashida for reason maybe um match is about to start champa comes down to the ramp with a chair thinks we think he's all gonna he's gonna you know start some shit really he just pops the chair down and he's gonna watch the match butterfly locked by thatcher to start the match rolls into an armbar Kushida. there's a lot of chain wrestling in here and i didn't quite know how to take these notes so you're gonna have to bear with me a little bit Kushida reverses and uh, works the ankle, series of kicks. Boots by Kushida. Both men trade some strikes. Belly to belly by Thatcher. Into a leg lace. Out of the belly to belly, which was really terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Indian Deathlock with a face lock by Kushida. Thatcher uh, reverses the neck vice and hits him with some uppercuts. Hip toss, low drop kick by Kushida, and a hanging ankle lock over the top rope by Thatcher that just made Kushida look like a ragdoll. I don't mean a ragdoll like he made him look stupid. It means he looked like he was in a lot of pain. Oh, yes. Mule kick and body shots by Kushida. They trade some uppercuts, a butterfly lock again by Thatcher to just take you right back to the beginning of the match. And then he uh, it's reversing to a Kimura by Kushida. Re- um, Reverse to a grounded headlock by Thatcher, a boot by Kashida, Kimura by Thatcher. Because what? Because anything you can do, I can do better. You know I love that story. Cross arm breaker by Kushida, ankle lock by Thatcher. That's countered by Kushida into an ankle lock of his own. Anything you can do, I can do better, better. There's a pinning reversal sequence to follow. Kushida tosses Thatcher out. He's distracted by Ciampa. And then I I blinked when this happened. But it was a mix of, wow, that was really dumb, but also, wow, that really looks like it hurt. Thatcher on the outside goes for an uppercut and ends up, I don't even, I can't even properly explain this to you. He uppercuts the ring post, which would have fucking wrecked. I'm just saying running punt kick to the air or to the arm, because my writing sucks by Kushida hoverboard lock and Kushida gets the submission win over the bigger, batter, scarier Timothy Thatcher. Chamba. Looks right into the camera and says, Well, maybe he has a problem with me now. Remember Champa came out last week and they asked why he fucked with Thatcher and he's like, 'Cause cause I wanna fight Thatcher. Um assuming, although it hasn't been announced just yet that um You know, we're gonna get that match at Takeover. And you know what? we're we're getting all kinds of weird shit. We're going to get into more in a second and some of it that I'm not really a fan of. Um uh, we're we're doing a lot of weird matches outside of the um outside of the two actual war games matches. So if these guys have some kind of street fight, it's not going to hurt my feelings at all. We see highlights from uh, Shirai versus Ripley last week, which was fucking insane. Apparently, they had to do something to fix Ripley's ear after what happened. I I don't know all the details, but it sounds pretty grisly. Uh, It's voiced over by the two of them and how they've earned this mutual respect, and then it sort of caps off with an ominous quote from Rhea Ripley. Well, where does Rhea Ripley go? From here, we're going to find out later on tonight. I will say there was a lot of talking on this show, and because it doesn't happen a whole lot, I don't mind it. You couldn't do a show like this all the time, I'll be fair. But if you're going to have talking, you might as well have a talk show. You got a talk show host on commentary in Kevin Owens. So, for the very first time, I think, on NXT, you've got the Kevin Owens show, and his guest is Leon. Rough, uh, but first of all, Kevin Owens comes in, talks about how he's always he's always uh, open to an invitation to come back to NXT. Last year at this time, he was in War Games. This time, he's a commentary guy. Uh, you know, next year he might be a referee. Next year he might be a timekeeper, etc., etc., etc. He introduces Leon Ruff, who talks about winning the North American title and what no- winning the North American title means. He wants to be a big, you know, happy, inspirational guy. Smiles for miles, you might say. Um, but Kevin tries to boost him up a little bit. He's like, y- "You sound like a good dude, and I hear everything you're saying, and it all sounds great." But you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta hype it up. You gotta put some bass in your voice, or else those guys in the back aren't gonna take you seriously. He's, I-, I did it. I'm the champion. I can do anything. And the, the the great thing about all this, I'm gonna try and explain what I mean here, and I'm, I don't think I'm gonna do a good job. Why this worked is this is Kevin Owens doing the talk show gimmick while sequentially. Taking the piss out of the talk show gimmick because he says, you know, I, I you know, this and that, and uh, I took out Gargano, and you know, Priest didn't take me seriously, and right around, and he stops him because they're not even in the, the the talk show chairs like they usually have on Raw SmackDown. They're just on like rolling desk chairs. So when he stands up, he sends the chair back, and it hits one of the KO signs, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, it's because of the chair," and all that sort of thing. And he says, you haven't been in WWE that long, but you can't really be on a show like that. You can't say somebody's name. If you say somebody's name, they come out, look. And he just points at the rampway, And eventually Gargano comes out. Gargano comes out doing his, no, 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 you didn't really win. You know, you had to be helped by, by uh, a priest and all that sort of thing. And Owens is great, because just in the background of, of Gargano ranting, he's, he's reaching out of the ring. He's bringing another chair into the ring. <laughs> just puts it in the ring, and Gergen is like, I don't need a chair, and he throws it on the other side, and then he just goes to the side, gets another chair, brings it into the ring, he's like, I don't need a chair, he's like, don't worry about it, don't, just trust me, i'm gonna leave it over here it's not for you it's fine see you didn't know what what Ruff didn't know is you know you say somebody's name eventually they're gonna come out and he points the ring again or the rampway again and then comes priest and priest comes out and talks some shit to gargano which is fine puts over leon Ruff, but also he says you know you got to watch it when you're being a tough guy you were trying to be a tough guy last week and you said you were going to take on both of us and kevin again offers him a chair he says you know hey man priest would you like a chair? <laughs> Which is great. Because these guys are doing the promo. And Kevin Owens is like the hype man on the outside making the promo happen. He's like, hey man, like, appreciate it. No thanks, I don't need a chair, whatever. And then as the three of them go at it... um you know they make reference to Leon Ruff saying he was going to take on both of them at the same time and Roddy Roddy Raw and Kevin Owens sits there and he says ah oh, if only we had Teddy Long here but we don't have Teddy Teddy Long doesn't work for the work for the company anymore if only we had our own version of Teddy Long and points at the ramp again Regal comes out to make the super obvious <laughs> announcement that the three of them are going to fight in a triple threat match at WarGames for the North American Championship and then William Regal Ends his little piece, playa, (laughs) and then he just leaves. This was, this shouldn't be, uh, you you guys know, I shoot the shit with Jake while I'm watching this because he's watching AEW to uh, go and do all the cool shit that he does over on the Joe Cronin show, talking about AEW, while I'm doing this, and we sort of banter back and forth, and I just said, you gotta watch the Kevin Owens show. Like, it's not gonna set the world on fire, but this is like, Kevin Owens knows exactly what he's doing, like, he's in it, and he's watching it at the same time, and I don't think there's very many other people that can do what Kevin Owens did here, because he didn't make himself the focus, but he was doing, not commentary like you would have at the commentators, but he was doing commentary on what he saw happening on his own, his own, you know, his show, his segment, whatever the case may be, this was way better than, than I'm saying it, because you can't you can't describe the the comedy of this, because this, again, I don't think even... I like Priest, I like Gargano, and I'm starting to like Leon Ruff, not Leo Rush. Be very, very careful. People on Twitter get very upset if you get the two mixed up, even though they're very, very similar and have almost identical names moving on. Um, but he's making a name for himself as well, which is awesome. and uh, But the highlight of this segment wasn't the segment. It was... Kevin Owens sort of hovering around the segment. And if that's what he's going to do, he didn't really have any direct impact on the show for the rest of the night. Spoiler alert. Um, But this was just good. And it it was what NXT can do. Uh, it's like when the Viking Raiders came back to have one more more match in NXT and, and Street Profits called them out for like having so many name changes since they went to the main roster. NXT is just off-center of WWE a bit that they can do shit like this. They can do the stuff that WWE does that drives us all crazy, but in doing it, also take the piss out of it. And I think that's fucking great. And you need... You need somebody like Kevin Owens to do that. Somebody who's sitting there in a t-shirt with a suit coat on and the bright, obnoxiously yellow tie on because he's in NXT and because WWE does colors. It's all fucking good. He had a he was doing pre or a pre-show interviews, I think, on Instagram, and he's sitting there with a the mask and uh, what's his name Nosferatu that's on commentary with him. I think. Uh, who is it? It's, it's Joe Cronin that calls him Nosferatu. I can't think of his real name now. But they're both in masks, and friggin, friggin' Kevin Owens has got a mask on from the office. And he doesn't say anything about it. It's just there. It's just right there in your face. The same with what he did here. Like, the chair stuff. Like, handing somebody a chair shouldn't be funny. But Kevin Owens makes it work. Jesus Christ, I hope... I really do hope that... Uh, uh-huh. I really do hope that they let him come back to NXT and have another run. I really hope because, spoiler alert again, we still don't know who Balor's fighting at War Games, even though he's talking about it. I really hope we just get a one-off Balor versus Owens for for the NXT title. It doesn't have to go anywhere. It doesn't have to be anything. Just, let, let's just go do it. Segway to uh, Balor in the back and... Uh, mentions last mentions his own comeback last week, he said, oh, I set the table for, so that those guys could go to war, but make sure, you know, whoever wins that war, don't, make sure you don't put any checkers on my chessboard, I love that line, that's really good, uh, he says, but if you do want to step to me, I'm not hard to find, I work Wednesdays, <laughs> nice, simple, promo, throwing down the gauntlet to whoever wants to answer it. Uh, another one of those pre-taped Shotzi promos, she's still building her tank, you can just barely see the outline of the metal that she's like pretending to grind on and it says TCB, which is what was on her tank. She's, t- she's going to come out in a huge tank, isn't she? Like her and her team are going to come out on a huge tank at WarGames and it's going to be fucking awesome. Um, didn't really say anything we didn't say last week because her promo talking to Candice also serves as the, as the actual ad for the show, which is fine. Grimes and Atlas, I'm not going to lie. I, I like Atlas. Grimes is okay. I, I couldn't care. I really couldn't, plus my stream died in the middle of this match, so Grimes wins with a cave-in, sucks for all the Atlas fans out there, because I know there are a lot of them, and I would love to see this guy succeed, I would love to see this guy maybe, you know, if not take out um, Santos Escobar, maybe have a a feud with one of the other guys in Escobar's group, because the other two guys aren't doing very much right now, and when we get to the tag team situation later on, I think they're going to be in the back, um sitting in the back seat when it comes to the tag team division as well. Uh, Bottom line, Grimes wins with a cave-in. Loomis pops up at this side of the ring like he's fucking the fiend. I don't... I gave it a pass. I really did. Uh, Here's where, you know, oh, Spaz likes everything on NXT. No, he doesn't. I don't like this. I gave this a pass at Halloween Havoc because it was a weird show, and Loomis is a weird gimmick, and... Cameron Grimes playing weird final girl to Loomis for a for a horror themed show. It was something I was willing to take on. Plus, it was cinematic and it was fun. And they had the zombies, the zombie referee, which has gone on for way too long now. But Loomis pops up, and all of a sudden, all these videos come up around around the the CWC. I still can't get used to CWC, by the way. It still makes me think of Cruiserweight Classic. But around the CWC on the Trons, you see it's... And these videos are cutting between Grimes freaking out about stuff at various times and Loomis drawing pictures of him freaking out about stuff at various times. And then he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a strap and throws half of it to to Grimes. And I'm just like, I don't... I don't want to see that match. I don't even want to see that match on Weekly NXT. But uh, Grimes tosses it back at him, and that's the end of the segment. Coming back from the commercial break, we get William Regal telling Grimes that not only does he have to have that strap match, that strap match is gonna be a match at Takeover. This uh, this is not the move. Anyways, Ripley comes out, puts over Io Shirai, huge. And he says, "Everybody." from my coworkers to the other people in the locker room to the fans on the on the internet is like, what's up for Rhea Ripley you know we saw that hug last week and it was a show of respect but I promise you it wasn't a send off which is awesome because that just um, j- just about leans into you know when we see a match like that and everybody speculates on Twitter immediately oh that was a great send off match she had i really hate that she's going to raw or smackdown she literally says it's not a send off i'm here to stay i'm going to get my way back to that title eventually and she's interrupted by Candace LeRae, and Candice LeRae comes out to the uh, to the stageway with Tony Storm, and my attention goes up, oh yes it does, uh, she's mocking her for losing, she's like, oh what are you going to do, you're going to come out here and tell us how you're going to do better next time, EO stole that title from me twice, she got lucky twice, she beat you fair and square, you talk the talk, but I can actually walk the walk, and out come Gonzalez and Kai to join them. And Gonzalez has a beaten and limp Shirai over her shoulder, and they flop her down on the rampway, and then they go and beat up Rhea Ripley four-on-one with no help. So, what do we have? We have Candice, now Tony, Gonzalez, and Kai, and you've got, on the other side, an unconscious Io Shirai, a beaten-down Rhea Ripley an ember moon that's been turned on, and Shotzi Blackheart, who is at the forefront of this entire fucking show, building herself a tank. This is going to be great. Now, this does solve another issue, because going into this star-studded women's... Uh, War Games match, the other problem they did have was, okay, they're going to do the War Games match, and who's Io Shirai going to fight? The answer is, she's not going to fight anybody, singularly, for her title. She's probably going to be in the War Games match now. They didn't confirm that, so as sure as I was last week with my predictions, I am as sure this week, and I'll probably be wrong on the Go Home show, and that's fine. Then we get back into weird shit. We see a car. We see the backseat of a car, and it's dark, and... Like terrified, shitting themselves, Boa and Xia Lee in the back, and they get brought to this creepy warehouse, and it seems like a really, it seems like a really old, like it. I I don't even know what kind of movie. Like uh, like t- it seems like Taken, and it's got some of that vibe. And then obviously the random old dude shows up again, and they go in and they see this robed figure and. You know they're apologizing, apologizing, apologizing with subtitles. The person under the robe obviously doesn't say anything, but the black or the uh, the black robed figure is just kind of sitting there. And the old guy does the thing with the ash on the hands again. Says it's time, and they flash to the person in the robe, but all you see is the eyes. So I'm really curious now. I'm really, really curious now. But it's weird. It is more weird than I thought it was going to be and I'm really okay with that because it feels like they're going like WWE has done a lot of cinematic matches obviously in the uh, global bastard era but it seems like they're going with an entirely cinematic story with Regal having to go to Boa's house and find out where Xia Lee is and if they experiment with an entirely cinematic storyline I'm interested to see where that will go. I'm not saying it will be good. I'm not saying whatever type of match comes out of that is going to set the world on fire either. But it's it's. I know they're doing a lot of really weird cinematic shit elsewhere. I know somebody got shot on Impact and, and Hornswoggle came out dressed as AJ Styles, which is terrifying because a couple weeks ago on Dynamite he was in a diaper hanging out with Jericho. Wrestling is weird. I'm going to let this be weird, it's fine. Ever Rise are out there for a match and they don't get a match. You know why they don't get a match? Cuz they get jumped from behind and absolutely owned because that's what Ever Rise does. That's what Ever Rise does. They are they are the cogs. They are the other bodies in the ring while somebody else has a story. They did it for Drake and and Killian. Now they're doing it for the returning Grizzled young veterans. Oh my God, this is gonna be good. Uh, Zach Gibson and oh, was it James Drake? I don't. I don't even know. Uh, Gibson cuts his his typical promo in case you've forgotten. We're back in NXT and soon to be NXT's number one and. The fact that he didn't say NXT UK's number one, it leads me to believe that he's actually, that they actually, it is James Drake, isn't it? Um, That they've actually transferred over, like Ripley actually transferred over, like Tony Storm actually transferred over, like Balor actually transferred over. And holy fuck am I okay with that? The only problem with that is, right now if they are going for the NXT tag team titles, and obviously it's not going to happen at war games because the tag champions are involved in war games, uh, right now that creates a heel versus heel dynamic, but Jesus Christ, if Drake and Gibson are taking on Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch at any given time, go back to any of the times that these four guys have interacted on NXT UK, and you know these guys are going to bitch slap the fuck out of each other, and I'm really excited. This is a... NXT still has, I mean, WWE as a whole, but specifically NXT has a long way to go with their tag team division, but this, for this brand, for this division within this brand, this is a big move, and I'm excited, and it didn't last very long, like, they came in, they kicked the shit out of Ever Rise, they did the soon to be, and and left, and there wasn't anything else done, like, that's just, hey, by the way, we're back that's that's cool uh, Candice LeRae is leaving she's with Indie Hartwell and Indie Hartwell is selling the Eclipse so well that she's in a neck brace that's why she's not on the War Games team that's cool, that's fine, that's whatever Gargano catches up with them says hey we're all going to win at War Games and then they all get in the car they all get in the car Johnny, Candice, Indie and Ghostface dot 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 question mark I love it I really really do love it you know what else I love on a random weekly episode of NXT, and before you say that this is a, just a rating yet, let me per, let me remind you that next week on Lame of Thrones by AEW, you're, they're giving away Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. So keep that, that 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 argument and just stick it back in your pocket. Maybe stitch the pocket shut. You'll be fine. Shh. It's okay. It's okay. Anyways, Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne in a ladder match for the War Games Advantage. Four reasons. Uh, I love that if you uh, if you saw the... What was it called? Halloween Havoc. The the big risen-up area where Shotzi Blackheart was doing her hosting from all night. In that area, they had two risen-up pods. And on the risen-up pods, in one pod you had... Um, What's... Ah, why are names escaping me? That's really terrible. Birch and Lorkin in one pod, and the rest of Undisputed Era in the other pod. They're watching because Pat McAfee, as we all know, is a coward. He's at home. He even announced it on his show. So how could he possibly... How could you possibly doubt that? There's nothing... There's nothing going on whatsoever. It's fine. Um... Trading some forearms to start. There's a trip on the apron by Kyle, and we immediately go to commercial break. Don't like that, especially when you got something cool like a ladder match. Don't like excessive commercials. They could have done. They could have gone to uh, USA and gotten the commercial-free treatment for the 20 minutes that this match took up. Um, shot to the chest by Dunn as we come back from the commercial break. Running knee off the apron by Kyle. Dunn stomps both ha- both of Kyle's hands in the ladder. Hits him with a super kick. Double leg and mounted punches by Kyle and fa- uh, tosses him face first into the plexy Dunn knocks the ladder f- and uh, he lo- he knocks the ladder in such a way that it doesn't just like tip over like these. the the whole ladder spins with Kyle on it. Uh, double arm breaker in the ladder by Dunn and then he pins the hand under the ladder and steps on it, which is good because the point the point of the thing. Anyways, um, Kyle locks on a leg lace on Pete Dunn as he's standing on the ladder so that the leg lace is through the rungs of the ladder. That's cool. Dunn stomps on the chest, dragon screw uh, in the ropes by Kyle. Inside out suplex on the bridge ladder. By by Dunn is it just they almost fell too perfectly. It was almost video game esque, and I mean that in the most violent way possible. Because he takes them um, sort of inside out, so standing on the apron, brings them up over the ropes through the through the You guys know what I mean by by a ladder bridge, it's where they bridge the ladder between the apron and, and the guardrail. Really, really, really nice, clean execution of a spot like that, if you can say that a, a move like that has been executed cleanly. Uh, Dunn sandwiches the hands in the ladder as we go to the commercial break. Kyle punches the chair that Dunn tries to use on him and hurts his hands some more. Uh, Guillotine by Kyle, a sliding knee strike and a slam on the ladder. Kneed, uh, Kyle tries to go to the top rope and hit a knee drop, but misses, and his he goes two knees first into the ladder. Now... Something most of you guys don't know about me is I have, in the most minor sense possible, I do have a a bad knee. I, I buggered it up. While, uh, while I was at a at a music thing, I just landed on it funny and the whole thing kind of twisted like this. Didn't break it, didn't like need to do anything with it other than to just know that I had tore, tore up, uh, get the initials mixed up, the ACL, L, LCL, NCL, something like that, so every now and then i'll it'll just be a little bit uncomfortable every now and then uh you know when the weather changes and whatnot it gets a little bit stiff or i can't you know stand or sit in a su- uh, certain position for very long that's just from me minorly being an idiot at, at a musical event this guy came off the top rope and met the ladder with both fucking kneecaps and i just i cringe i cringe because I'm a wuss that's why I'm a fan and that's why they're the wrestlers um, Kyle pulls Dunn down the ladder with an ankle lock which was nice because he sort of does the ding 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 down the ladders um, each man tosses a ladder in the other one's face they trade some shots on the top Dunn snaps the fingers there's a lariat by Kyle chair shots by Dunn. Uh first to the knee and then to the back, a bitter end on the guardrail looked really messy in the most effective way possible. uh Kyle tosses Dunn off the ladder into another ladder and then a masked man comes along and tosses Kyle off the ladder so that Dunn can grab uh, climb the ladder and grab the briefcase. Now, obviously, the heels. We're gonna get the uh the war games advantage, because that's how the war games things work. You constantly make it so that the baby faces are coming from behind. It tells a good story, Roddy rahdi rah. Now, can you quickly name me a war games situation where the the babyfaces were Undisputed Era? No, you can't. So as much as Undisputed Era has claimed this match as their match, they're going into it this time with the completely opposite dynamic, which makes it ten times more interesting. So they're in new territory, but not and, and I'm not trying to oversimplify that but it's the best of both worlds you know what these guys can do in this situation but yet you can still go in and be like oh my god what are these guys going to do in this situation this is really cool because we've got an interesting 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 card coming together here right now because you've got the triple threat for the North American Championship which is going to be a lot of fun you've got the strap match which exists for reasons We're going to have Ciampa and and Thatcher. I want these guys to have some kind of match where they can destroy each other. There's not going to be a match for the women's title. There's not going to be a match for the tag titles. There's not going to be... As far as I know, unless, unless somebody steps up next week, I don't think there's a match for the Cruiserweight Championship. But we still may have a challenger for... Balor. Now, I don't think whoever challenges Balor for the NXT championship is going to win at War Games. I think it's going to be the same as as how we... You know how we typically look at Royal Rumble uh, title matches? Because even though the title match could be great, the title match isn't the focus. The Rumble is the focus. In this case, you've got two War Games matches that are the, that are the focus. If they're not going to feature a Cruiserweight championship match... I wouldn't entirely... You guys tell me what you think down in the box below or hit it up in the chat over there. Would it be an interesting um, exhibition to have the NXT champion versus the NXT Cruiserweight champion? I mean, Escobar has to lose that one. But, I mean, Escobar and Balor is definitely not a match we've seen before. You could definitely have the shenanigans with uh, Wilde Mendoza on the outside. Maybe somebody shows up to back up Balor. Maybe it's Kevin Owens. Maybe it's the returning Karrion Cross. Maybe Balor wins this match, only to get dropped on his head after the match with the Doomsday Saido and set up whatever the, the takeover is going into Royal Rumble or just after Royal Rumble or wherever the next pay-per-view is. I think whatever he does at this pay-per-view will be a setup for the next one. And that's not a bad thing. Because like I say the main title the main title is not the focus at War Games. War Games is the focus at War Games. But also Balor's in a funky spot right now as well, where he's he's got a bit of a job to do. Because we've been saying, I've been saying, Jake's been saying, I, I know a couple of other people on, online have been saying, um, you know, don't hotshot the title again. Even if Balor's injured, you know, he can afford to be out for a little while. We'll just let the women main event for a little while. We'll just let the North American Championship um, uh, main event for a while. We'll put the cruiserweights on a bigger stage. You know, we've got other things that we can focus on, and we can just not have the champion on for a while if that's what needs to happen. But now that we've established that, Balor does have to come in as the champion and get everybody's attention again. Um, I like my idea of him facing Escobar. I don't think it's actually going to happen. I like my idea of him having a one-off with Kevin Owens. I don't think that's going to happen either. I don't think Karrion Cross is going to show up on the go-home show and say, yeah, by the way, we're fighting on Sunday. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't know. People have said... That it's gonna be Kushida, and I wouldn't mind that either. Um, people were saying before this Thatcher thing came up that it was gonna be Champa. I wouldn't mind that either. Uh, people are saying that it could be Velveteen Dream, and if they put Velveteen Dream in a title situation at War Games, even though, yes, like I just said, nobody who faces Balor at War Games is going to become the new champion because that's not the focus of the show. Uh, as far as being deserving of a spotlight, where Velveteen Dream deserves absolutely none, because he's a fucking diddler, um... You don't you don't do it, and I'm gonna treat it like I treated it the last time and the time before that. Uh, you guys can go back on this channel, or if you're looking in a podcast form, you can look at look uh, at previous podcasts. There are two uh, little snippets from from commentaries that Jake and I have done, uh, examining the Velveteen Dream situation and examining the Velveteen Dream situation again. Um, I can't be any clearer about my thoughts on this than I already. Have. If you if you put him in Balor at this point in the same ring at the same time, ever I don't think it can be understated what a bad message that is, and I don't I try not to be somebody that comes off as like, let me tell you what's morally right I'll tell you what I think, I'll tell you why I feel the way I feel, but I I will go on to say if that is the case that's really that's bad, that's not just I think that's bad, that's bad Um, anybody else anybody else like exhibition match with Swerve Swerve's great like um, you want to bring somebody else if it's not going to be if it's not going to be Owens like Andrade's doing fuck all and he doesn't have a manager anymore you know because she decided to piss off the company that's another conversation for another day there's so much you can do with Balor because it's not the focus I, I that's why I've rambled on for the past three minutes about it Um, But look at those two main events, man, like the Kings of NXT versus Undisputed Era, and now Candice, Tony, Dakota, Raquel versus EO, Ripley, Ember, and Shotzi. Just saying. I will say one more time, if you if you take take my word for anything, go check out that uh, Lillian Garcia interview with Shotzi Blackheart. It may change your mind on a couple of things if you're not somebody that's exactly in her corner. Um, I don't really know. We're really we're really getting close to war games, and I'm very excited. I'm not popping off like I was last week because this was a little bit more functional. A couple of surprises. The, the Tony Storm heel turn is going to lead to a lot of fun things because we're going to get we're going to get a rematch of that feud from NXT UK between her and Rhea Ripley except the roles are reversed and it's going to be so fucking good. Um, Crystal's young veterans coming back can only do good things for that, that tag team division that most people think is non-existent. It's kind of like the AEW women's division. Oh, yes. Now that I've pissed off, just about everybody. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, tagging out, guys. Bye.